Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us at Life Family Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Hallelujah. We've been on a little bit of a series called Faith That Moves Mountains. So we're going to pick that back up again. This will be the third Sunday morning. So I want to encourage you, get the podcast. You can go to lifefamilychurch.net. Get on the podcast and re-listen to these things. I just have that impression that we need to do that. And um, I think it's really good, especially with some of the things that are happening in the world today. Praise God, this whatever virus situation is, no matter what anybody says. You know, faith is pleasing to the Lord. Did you know that? Yes. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith and belief is like a hand in a glove. I gave you some examples of faith that you operated every single day, and you don't even realize you do it. For example, I'll give you an example of electricity. You can't see the conduits in the walls that have the electrical wires in which the electricity runs through that goes to the filament of the light bulb of the transformer gives us illumination. But you know that there are conduits in the world. Why? Because either you've seen a construction site, hello, or you put conduits in yourself. But you know that there's something behind that wall even though you cannot see it. That is faith. Faith is believing that the chair you're sitting in is able to hold your weight. You came in here and you sat down on the chair, praise God, amen, and it didn't collapse on you. And you didn't even think about it. Faith is like going out to your automobile, turning it over, praise God. Some have to exercise more faith than others, praise God, amen, but it's still, it's still over. <laughs> Honey, take off the carburetor, spit down the carburetor. Why would you spit down the carburetor? Because it's an act of faith. Jesus had a spitting ministry. Come on, hello, mud spitting revival. Come on, hello, somebody, amen. Yeah, so faith is simply believing God. Now, remember, the word of God will do one or two things for you. It will either strengthen the belief system you have or form a belief system in you. It forms beliefs in you or strengthens the belief systems you already have. Now, faith comes like you know, some people say, well, miracles have been done away with. Well, you do believe that miracles are for today. Why? Because you've either seen a miracle or you have experienced it for yourself. Amen. Can you say amen? You're a word and spirit people. You believe that the word of God is the foundation in which we launch our spiritual lives upon. Isn't that right? We believe in the supernatural. We believe that God has angels that are encamped around about us. Come on, hello. My Bible says there are more with us than they are with them. Amen. Amen. And so we believe because we've had these supernatural encounters with God. Even though you've never seen God, I don't know about you, I've never seen God, I've never seen Jesus, I've never seen demons, and I've never seen angels. The Bible says, blessed is he that believes and has not seen. But I've certainly experienced his presence in a very strong and tangible way. Can you say amen? Yeah. So in, in the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse 8, it says this, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Faith is a firm persuasion. It is a confident expectation. It is a title deed of what you believe before you see it, before you have it, before you experience it. Faith reaches into the unseen realm, grabs a hold of what you have, and pulls it into the natural realm. We saw this to take place with the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, verse 25. The Bible says that she had been sick for 12 years, had spent all of her money, but not, didn't get better, but rather grew worse. The doctor sent her home, and the Bible says that she heard reports of Jesus. We know that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, 
and hearing and hearing. Faith does not come by our herd. Come on. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the reason why you need to read your Bible. That's the reason why you need to listen to your Bible. You know, about four, five, six, eight weeks ago, flu symptoms were coming on me, big time. Hello. So I was feeling horrible, throat, congestion, just you know, all that garbage that comes from the pit of hell was coming on me. And so I spent probably about a half a day in bed. I didn't spend a day in bed because when the half day came, I thought, this is ridiculous. I pulled the covers off. I got out of bed. I said, people go to bed to die. I'm not dying. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go do something. Hello. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I don't need to spend all day in bed groaning and croaking and sniveling and snotting and filling the garbage can up. Come on. Hello, somebody. I don't need to be doing that. Get up. Because the only time you don't preach is when you're dead. Praise God. Amen. you, you got to choke the sucker out. you got to choke it out. Come on. Hello, somebody. I know that's kind of bulldog tenacity. But you know what? I only had like a 72-hour flu if there is such a thing. Can you say amen? Yeah. No, there's some people every year they can make that confession. Well, every year I get the flu. It don't matter what kind of flu it is. It could be the dog flu, the swine flu, the donkey flu, whatever the flu. But, hey, listen, I've discovered something. I'm not a donkey, I'm not a dog, and I'm not a chicken. Praise God. Amen. So I don't get no kind of chicken flu or bird flu. Come on, hello. No, 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 no. Come on, hello, somebody. Listen, if you give Satan an inch, he'll take a mile. Come on, hello, somebody. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. If I'm not feeling well, I'll go and rest or change up whatever I need to change. I mean, if I have too many chocolate almonds, like I eat the bag <laughs> in two days, you're probably, gonna, you're probably not going to feel very well the next day. I was going to say, yeah, praise the Lord. Amen. But they're sure good. Uh -huh. <laughs> you, might not feel bad. you might not feel well the next day after eating a bag of chocolate almonds. But you sure this is death by chocolate. Come on, hello, somebody. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, you have to use wisdom. You only get one body, at least in this realm. Amen. Yeah, and you got to take care of it. I'm just so glad that you're enthused this morning. Praise God. It's okay, it's okay to shout hallelujah, amen, in this Presbyterian church. If you didn't know we're Presbyterians. No, I'm just kidding. No, come on, guys. Amen. Wake up, oh sleep. Am, am I being that boring or something like that? I mean, do I have to dance around like a bear or something? And you could throw quarters at me? I mean, they probably have those at the Strawberry Festival. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. You could throw quarters at the bear at the Strawberry Festival. No, listen. Faith is an important thing that we need. Oh, I heard that before. Yeah, you haven't heard the whole of it. Praise God. Amen. You haven't heard the end of it. Amen. No, because I think you know, sometimes when God speaks to me about doing something, this is the third Sunday we're talking about this, maybe something's coming up, then yes, we may have to exercise our faith. And God wants you to be strong in faith. He doesn't want us to be weak in faith. He wants us to be strong, especially with all this stuff that's happening in the world right now. Amen. God wants you to be strong in faith. Listen, God doesn't tempt us or test us with evil. But he will tempt your faith. He will test your faith. Do you believe the report of the Lord? When you get a bad report, whose report are you going to believe? It's okay to go to the doctor. It's okay to get the reports. And you can tell the doctor without being weird. Doc, thank you very much. Looks like those are the facts. But this is what I believe, Doc. The truth of God's word always overrides the facts. The truth of God's word always overrides the facts. No matter what the circumstances are. 
2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, For we look not to the things which are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are everlasting and eternal. So it is important that we just can't keep our eyes on the natural circumstances, and it can be really hard, especially if it's in our face. Can I get a witness? Amen. Yeah. But you, you, you know, I, I, I posted this morning, sometimes you just got to praise your way through. Amen. You got to praise your way through. Amen. Praise is a powerful tool. Instead of listening to the voices telling you you're not going to make it, the doctor said it's really bad, this is the situation, your finances don't look really good, what are you going to do, what are you going to do? Shut up! Yeah. I sing praises to your name. Sometimes you get, and that is an act of faith. Yeah. That's what Paul and Silas did when they were in the inner prison. Listen, do you know how Paul and Silas got in jail? They were out casting devils out of people. <laughs> they had some whacked out lady from the strawberry festival <laughs> who had a psychic palm reading booth. <laughs> she paid a lot of money to be there to read people's palms. Hello? And then suddenly she's following around two preachers. These men are from the Most High God that show you the way of salvation. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? After three days of this proclamation, Paul turns around and says, Come out! The Plant City police showed up and arrested the guy. Took him down to county jail. Went before the district attorney. Why is this guy in jail? Well, I don't know. He's, he, they were stirring things up out there at the Plant City Strawberry Festival, and there's some lady who was falling around for three days, and all of a sudden she started manifesting, foaming at the mouth and all that kind of stuff. We can't quite really figure out what's really going on, but these guys caused trouble, so here they are. And the Bible says, the Bible says at the midnight hour, listen, God is never late. And he's never early, but he's always on time. Can you say amen? He's always on time. And all of a sudden, what do they start doing? I sing praises to your name. To the whole prison. The whole prison. And all of a sudden, then Elvis got on that guitar. I'm all shook up. Okay. Where do you think these songs came from? It came from God. Come on, Elvis didn't, Elvis didn't write that. It was 2,000 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Layla finally got it. Praise God. Somebody thinks that it's, a little, <laughs> it's a little slow, but you finally get it, you know? Prison, shake up. Oh, shook up. Almost shook up. Oh, Elvis. Okay, praise God. Amen. I'm all shook up. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. But what they, what they do, they took a step of faith. Isn't that right? Yeah. Instead of looking at their circumstances, how would you like to be at midnight, no electricity, cold, beat. beaten? Yeah. I got the beat down. Because all you did was come out. Um, we Americans, we couldn't take it. I mean, I just, we don't understand that kind of persecution. We're just too comfortable. Praise God, amen. We have comfortable, it's so comfortable. Come on. We don't, we don't understand that. We don't. Americans don't understand that. 
No, it has to do with an act of faith. They believed that even in the midst of a bad situation, if they sang praises by faith, it was going to get the victory. And they got the victory because, man, when God causes an earthquake, people get set free. But when Satan causes an earthquake, people die. Come on, hello. The chains fell off, the prison doors were open, and if you're in a vicinity anywhere around praisers, hello, something's going to happen. Yeah. So faith and belief is the same thing. Faith is, is, is like a hand and a glove. Hebrews 11, one says, 11 one says this. Now faith is substance. It's a weight. It's, it's real. Faith is real. You can feel faith and you can feel doubt. Ever walked into a house where the husband and wife were in fisticuffs? And you sense there was stress? The most amazing thing, a husband and wife could be screaming and yelling at each other, and somebody ring the doorbell, you become the sweetest people. Oh, hey, how you doing? Come on in. <laughs> most amazing thing happens. <laughs> you, know, you can sense in a room where there's been strife going on or whether there's joy going on or whether the presence of God is or the presence of the devil. Come on, hello, somebody. You can sense that. Yeah. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's not I hope so. The word hope here means a positive expected outcome. Now, faith is the weight of a positive expected outcome. It's not I hope so. It's almost like you say, well, I'll see you tonight at church. Well, the Lord willing. Well, the Lord wills you to come to church. Praise God. Amen. Well, the Lord willing. Can you get in your car and come? Yes. Can you drive? Huh? You got gas? Uh huh. Did you eat? Uh huh. Did you take a nap? Uh huh. Then you could come back to church. The Lord, the Lord wills. Amen. Amen. Did you know? Did you know that most of all our problems will be answered in a sermon on Sunday morning or Sunday night or on Tuesday? Amen. I cannot tell you. After 23 years of ministry and pastoring for 10 years, where people have come to me and say. I need to have this problem. I have this issue now. Well, you need to go back to the podcast about three podcasts ago because there, therein lies the answer. Therein lies the answer. Amen. Yeah. Like I said to you before, you know, these people that had called me on the phone and said, hey, listen, will you come and do the memorial service for us? They don't have a pastor. People don't understand what a pastor is for their life. For that very reason. And at the end of that meeting with that man, he had more joy and more hope than he did before. Yeah. He felt peace. And then he said, I wish my son would have known you before he went home to be with Jesus. Wow. You know, as this time closes and as this period that we're living in comes to an end, there'll be more and more people that will need ministers full of the word and full of the spirit in these last days. And they will be looking for them. They'll be looking for them. Even in the midst of tremendous prosperity that our nation is experiencing, it does not satisfy the hole in someone's heart. Only God can fill the hole in people's hearts. Not wealth, not fame, not fortune. Amen. When these, this wonderful millionaire, they're millionaires, and I'm sitting in their living room, and they're in desperation, crying. Their 38-year-old son just died, and they couldn't figure out how that happened. She told me they're doing an autopsy. They're, they're, they're sending him up from, from, from another part of Florida, and then they're going to ship him. And all. I mean, you can just tell. It did, the expense doesn't matter. Give us some answers.
This is the second service I'm doing with someone who didn't have a pastor. I did one four, three months ago. It's because we were in a relationship with them. Well, I'm not going to, no, I haven't seen you in church. I can't come. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Right. No, I'm going to show them the love of God. No, that's going to give me an opportunity. Because I did ask this, this couple, I said, would you mind if I did a little bit of a salvation message after the name? Oh, that's right up my alley. Oh, yeah. Because this, this last time I did it, over 30 people gave their hearts to Christ at a funeral. Amen. Because when you say these words right here, it strikes people right in the heart. Don't you want to be with Clint when you die? You've come here to honor him, his earth life. Don't you want to be with him when it's your time to go? <laughs> Just like that, Mike. That's exactly right. That 30 people lifted their hands and I led them in a salvation prayer. Not only that, Jamie, y'all know Jamie, she was at the funeral. She was healed of a bone tumor right at the funeral service. Imagine that, God moving in a funeral service. It was a miracle. Bone tumor gone. So what did you do? She was sitting right behind me. Carrie was a friend of hers. She introduced me, and then Carrie says, oh, yeah, by the way, she has a bone tumor. I said, are you kidding me? She said, no. I said, give me your foot. I didn't even ask her. I said, give me your foot. <laughs> so she took a foot, and I grabbed her foot. Said, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Instantly, the pain left. She went back to the doctor, totally gone. At a funeral service. Imagine that, God moving. And then I got real bold with faith. And I said, maybe I need to go grab Z out of the casket. And then that's when Carrie started to panic, and Jamie started to panic too. No, Pastor, don't do it. Don't do it, Pastor. I said, come on, what do you do? She said, I'll run out of here. That's what she said. I said, Smith Wigglesworth did it. Praise God, amen. If it was good enough for Smith Wigglesworth, it'd be good enough for me. Grab that person out of the casket. No, I didn't want to get in trouble with the, the funeral guy. He was a pretty big guy, about 250 pounds. Yeah. Called Plant City Police Department. I'd rightfully so be put in jail, <laughs> especially if he didn't come back to life. <laughs> that would be a bad day for all of us, including me. Yeah. But I did think about it, you know. It's good. It was a good thought. <laughs> I even thought about it tomorrow, too. I mean, I had the thought already. He's <laughs> like, really? I'm not going to be there. No. <laughs> yeah. Hey, come on, now. If you want to see the dead raised, you've got to pray for the Come on, you've got to pray for the dead, right? Come on. Hello. I mean, I may walk up to the casket and go in the name of Jesus. I mean, just kind of do a Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Do a Jehovah Sneaky. You know, just, just put, that, put my hand on the body in the name of Jesus. Spirit man, come back into his body in Jesus' name. Raise up. And then just walk off and sit down. And then when he comes up out of the castle, go, oh, my gosh, he's alive. You know, just like everybody else. And I just knew, you know. And then nobody have to know that we did it. Kind of Jehovah sneaky. <laughs> come on, right? <laughs> You'd do it, wouldn't you? Wow. <laughs> oh, come on. What do you got to lose? Jail? Jail time? That's all. No, no big deal. The word faith in the Webster's Dictionary says this. It says, to persuade, to draw towards a thing, to gain, to believe, to trust. Did we not read in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with everything? Yeah. 
We may not see God, but you can feel God. You can experience God. Amen. And that lets us know that he's real. And he touches you. That's the reason why we have to have the power of God in our services. We have to have a display of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We have to have a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit. Imagine that, the nine gifts of the Spirit in operation today in a church. Amen. They're here. Praise God. Amen. I don't have to be concerned about that. But I'm just saying as a whole. Yeah. I wonder if every church in the United States of America today allowed the Spirit of God to have His way, what would it be like? I mean, there could be a massive exodus. I mean, there could be because, you know, there's such a famine today. It could be. People would, you know, I mean, they, they've already labeled us that church. Praise God here in Plant City. That's okay to be labeled that church. You know, that's that, church, that's that joy church down there. That's that church that people fall on the ground down there. Yeah, they roll around down there. Don't go down to that church. They're one of them. Well, I mean, if you're in league with Jesus, I'd rather be one of them. Yeah, Can you say amen? Yeah. yeah. So faith, faith, it's not difficult. Faith's not difficult. How do you know you're in faith over a substance or a situation? Romans 15, 13 says this. You have peace and joy in believing. Go, go, go to Romans. Go to Romans 15. This is how you know. This is the scripture. I, I had somebody recently tell me, you can't know if you're in faith or not. I said, yes, you can. You, cert can, you certainly can know you're in faith. Romans 15, 13, please. Romans 15, 13, King James Version says this. Now the God of hope, a positive expected outcome. Now the God of a positive expected outcome fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Believing in faith. Belief in faith is the same. So you can say joy and peace in faith. So you know you're in faith over a situation is when you have joy and you have peace. The moment your peace and joy goes is the moment you're no longer in faith. That's the reason why you should always go by peace and joy. Do you have peace about the situation? Do you have joy about the situation? How about this? Others around you that you love and respect, because you never want to make a decision by yourself. Right. What do you think spiritual authority is in your life for? Right. Amen. Why do I have Pastor Rodney Howard Brown and my pastor and nine board members right. so I could be tormented? <laughs> Controlled and manipulated? No. I have, I have two peers on my board, and the rest of my board members have been like 30 to 35 or 40 years in ministry. I have Dr. Wingate on my board. He's the president of LCU. I have him on board. I have George and Linda Brooks on my board. Hello. I have Dad and Sherry on my board. I have Todd DeLay and Dan Bolt on my board. I have Diane on my board. Dan and Diane Coughlin are on my board. Plus, I have Pastor Rodney. How do you know that Pastor Rodney's my pastor? Because I have his phone number and I can call him. And I have. I am not going to be fatherless. I am not going to be out there all by myself, held accountable to no one. I can't do it on my own. Amen. Hello? I can't do it on my own. I'm going to be held accountable. Rama is my ordination, licensing. Hello, Doug. Pastor Doug. He's the head of the RMAI. I've talked to him on the phone. 
And not only that, I have, a, I have a David Bamberry. He's the RMAI director for this area. He calls me at least every two weeks, uh, well, every two months he calls me. How are you doing? I just want to check in with you. How can, how can we pray with you? Come on, I, I am not going to be an island unto myself. I'll get myself into trouble. These people are in my life to speak into my life. Amen. But today, people don't have pastors. Hence the phone call I got three days ago. I don't know anybody else. Can you come and help me? Yes, I'll serve you. How can I, how can I help you? How can I serve you? Amen. Hello. Amen. It's important. So you know that you're in faith when you have peace and joy. Peace and joy is the thermometer. If what you're about to do, do you have peace and joy, or did you just inform somebody? I never inform anybody on my board that I'm going to do something. What do you think? Has the Lord spoken to you? Because I trust these people. They have no hidden motive. They do not control me. We are not a board-run ministry. Hello. They don't control me or anything. And they make suggestions. When I went to my board many years ago and I said I felt led of the Lord to start a church. This was uh, 13 years ago. So I felt led of the Lord to start a church. We met with 25 pastors. We asked them, what would you have done differently? How did you run your leadership? How did you do this? What would you do differently? What, would, what, what are the things that you're glad to do? They told us. Then we met with our board. I said, I feel led of the Lord to start a church. All of them, all nine board members said, we do think it's a, the right thing, but we, need, we want you to wait two years. They all told me, we want you to wait two years. So, no, I'm not waiting. Somebody would be missing it, and it wouldn't be them. How oh, dare you tell me wait two years. All of them said, all of them, wait two years. You know how many years we waited? Three. Three. Three years. Waited three years. Is that right? Wow, glad I did. Amen. Amen, because we got a building. Amen. And we got a base. Amen. And we launch from this base. We still travel, do crusades. I'm, I'm not evangelistically speaking. In 23 years of ministry, we have reached over a million people, and at least 350,000 people have given their hearts to Christ. Amen. That's, in the, in, that's in the last 23 years. That, I mean, that's not huge, I mean, big numbers, but hey, it's our part. Amen. And I'm just going to be judged and held accountable for my part. Amen. And we want to continue to do that. that is not, I am not exaggerating. My dear brothers and sisters, uh, over a million people have heard the gospel in 23 years and at least 350,000. And that's probably on the lesser side because I don't want to be evangelistically speaking. <laughs> As a little bit, I'd rather be on the lesser side than to get shocked in heaven. Come on, hello, somebody. Yeah. And you ready for this? You never know who you're going to impact with the gospel. Because this person that called me, I wouldn't dream that would have called me or actually even told me about it. And actually told me on the phone, my family needs you, especially my husband. And I got choked up just with that. I thought to myself, man, you never know who you're impacting, ever. Listen, I don't know about you, but I want to run my race. I want to finish my course, and I want to hear my father say to me, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter into that which I have for you. You ran your race. You finished your course. And I'm going to keep on running until the day that either Jesus comes back or he says, Come on home, son. You're done. Amen. Stick a fork in me. Amen. I'm done. 
Can you say amen? amen. Yeah. Faith speaks and believes what is spoken. Faith speaks and believes what is spoken. You can go down that list that we come out every single year. But unless you believe what you're saying, yeah. unless you believe what you're saying, you have to believe what you're saying. It's like this. People aren't what they say. They are what they do. So you've got to put action to what you believe. Yeah. It's getting to a point that if major decisions are made and they are mistakes, you might not be able to recover. It's just so accelerating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, time is coming to a close. Today is March 1st, folks. It was just Christmas. Yeah. I told Marie yesterday when it started getting cool, I walked outside and it was like, oh, brr. You know, but people up in Chicago think, oh, this is wonderful. This is our summer. <laughs> but us is like, brr. So I sit on the couch and we kind of rested all day. And I said, I think, won't you break out the Christmas tree? It just feels like Christmas now. We, didn't, we, <laughs> we missed Christmas, you know, 90 days ago. Praise God. <laughs> just break out the Christmas tree now. No, time is just it's accelerating. It's going faster and faster. What does that mean? The, the, the sands of the hourglass. The sands of the hourglass. Scientists have actually discovered that we're missing a day, uh, missing a 24-hour period. And actually, they actually said that we're really 23 hours and not 24 hours. I thought, how in the world could that be? Because if I look at my watch, it seems to be the same. But what happens is this. What if the earth is spinning faster on its axis? I don't know about you. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty busy, but even on my, on my not busy days, it just seems like the day just goes by so fast. I mean, you could be really, really busy and it go by fast, but if, I mean, it's gotten to the point now that you're not even busy. You're just enjoying the day. And you could get up at 7 in the morning and 9 o'clock at night has just happened, and you don't even know how it even happened. The Vines Expository Dictionary for Faith means this, a firm persuasion, a conviction, a conviction based upon hearing. See, the woman with the issue of blood, she heard the word of God. Then she said out of her mouth, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. So she believed what she was hearing and went down into her heart. Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. So what she believed based upon hearing the reports of Jesus, then she said out of her mouth, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be made whole. Then an opportunity came for her to do that. And when she did it, she acted on what she believed in her heart and what she was saying. See, a lot of you, it's not just saying something out of your mouth without acting on it. You have to act on it. it has to have, your faith has to have corresponding action. For it to happen, to come to pass. You have to be moving. You've got to be moving in a direction. If the Bible says there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors, why would I ever make a decision, especially for my family? If it, all of a sudden I decided and I just told people about it and I never got what they thought about it, and all of a sudden I just did it and then realized, my God, Six months from now, made a mistake, ended up in divorce. My kids all out of school on drugs or whatever. Because I thought, I thought, but I didn't check. Amen. How many times have we made decisions 
And they were based upon external circumstances, and it was never God in the first place, and we paid a price for it. I don't know, there's a certain time I get sick and tired of making mistakes and paying the price for it. I guess when you get sick and tired, sick and sick and sick and tired, man, then maybe you'll slow the bus down and maybe consult with some people and talk with people. And listen, you want to talk with people that have either equal faith in you or more faith than you. Right. You don't want to talk to somebody that doesn't have less that has less faith than you. Right. You want to talk to somebody that has more uh, equal faith or more faith. Because Matthew is very plain. If two or three are gathered together touching anything on the earth that they shall ask, it shall be done. So you have to have equal faith or somebody has more faith than you. And people are just making decisions and then they're paying the price over and over and over. And they're in this destructive cycle. It's like the issues in our lives that come up every 30 days. The ones, you know, we're saying we're working on it to change. Oh, I'm working on it. Oh, I'm working on it. Well, it's been 25 years. When are you going to change it? Oh, I'm working on that. You know, the Lord understands. The Lord understands. Oh, I have my own relationship with the Lord. Well, based upon your rules and regulations? Come on now. How, how, how many we fall into that cycle? It's called the crazy cycle. I actually got a sermon, How to Get Out of the Crazy Cycle. It's in the archives. Go to the iPod, play, play podcast and listen to it. Get out of the crazy cycle. The same issues that come up every 30 days, whether in your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances, whatever's going on, every 30 days there's something that's rising up. First key to getting over it is looking and recognizing, oh, there it is again. It raised its ugly head again. Once again, there it is. That's half the battle right there. Getting out of the deception of it and sweeping it underneath the rug. Oh, I'm helping somebody here today. I hope I am. Yeah. Why? It all revolves around faith in God. All revolves around faith in God. Hallelujah. You can grow your faith. There's levels of faith. There's no faith. There's little faith. There's great faith. You don't want no faith. Uh, that's a bad place to be. Little faith is okay because at least it's beginning. Everyone's given a measure of faith when you believe Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior. You can build upon that. So how do you grow your faith? You have a faith project, and once it comes to pass, boom, now you got the victory. Hello. And then you got another faith project, and it comes to pass. Boom, you got the victory. Got it. And all of a sudden, you come up with one that's really difficult, and you don't seem to be getting the victory in. Then you look at all the faith victories that you've had in the past, and knowing that God is not going to fail you because he didn't fail you then, he's not going to fail you there. That puts trust in God. Amen. It puts trust in God. And that's how you grow your faith. If you remember, I think a few messages ago, I said, if you'd like, I mean, how, how many would like to drive a newer car? Let me see your hand. I can drive a newer car. Yeah, okay. Well, then go down to the car dealership. Hello. Get yourself a brochure. Hello. Talk to the guy. Sit in the car. Smell the leather. Praise God. Amen. Be the first one to ever break the leather in that new car. Praise God. Amen. Play the stereo. I mean, whatever it is. What, you know, GTO, whatever it is. Porsche, Mercedes, Lincoln. Get that brochure. Go down. Just stop in there. I'm not here to buy today, but I'm really interested in this vehicle. Can you tell me about it? Sit in it. See yourself in it. Yeah. See yourself. Can we go for a test drive around the block? Sure. Come on. Hello. Thank you so much. I'll be in touch. Can I have your card? Go home. Take a picture out of that. Stick it on the refrigerator. Because you frequent there a lot. Praise God. Amen. And every time you frequent the refrigerator, you see it. Put your hand on it. 
Father, I thank you for this vehicle right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. I just claim this to be mine in Jesus' name. What? You say, come on, say something. Father, I thank you for the pay raise that I get so I can pay, make payments. Or, Lord, better yet, have somebody give me something or have somehow, some way I can work it up. How I can save it up for the next 24 months, pay cash for it. Hello, come on, somebody. That, that's how you do it. That's how you grow your faith. That's good. Amen. I'll share one story with you, I promise, and then we'll close. And I'll share the story on this building. When we moved to Plant City 10 years ago, we were to plant a church. We started out at HCC in a room. And we started out meeting once a month. When I was traveling extensively, I would preach in churches around Florida, and we would stay down here for about a month, month and a half, at least six weeks in traveling. And then what we did was is we knew we were supposed to plant a church, and we went searching. We went, to, we went to St. Pete. We went to Lakeland. We went to Largo. We went to Orlando. We stood in Tampa. We went to Brandon. And we just felt, come to Plant City. Come to Plant City. Come to Plant City. Every time we come to Plant City, we would have peace and joy. Any other place, we didn't have peace and joy. And so we, okay. So then we started once a month services. And what we did was, on a Saturday, we had a group of people, and we got door hangers made up, and in the, where HCC is, over there on Park Road, in those neighborhoods, and in the apartment complex, in the laundry room, we put door hangers. And we'd pass out like a thousand door hangers on a Saturday. And then we'd do Sunday morning service. Hello? And we started doing that once a month. We did that for about five months, about six months, five or six months. And, when we, and then when we moved down here, I lived at my mom's house on an air mattress in my mom's home. And we ran our ministry on a laptop computer in the air mattress in my mom's home. You do what you have to do. It's called pegging the price. I used to hate it when somebody said that. I mean, business people say, you just pay the price. Pay the, because, you know, we were involved with Amway at one time and, ministry, and all these functions, and they would be in, you know, leadership functions, and they would encourage you and all that kind of stuff, and you just got to pay the price. I hate it when they say, pay the price. I said, Lord, what does it mean to pay the price? And he said, spoke to me. He said, you are willing to do that others won't do to get what you want. That's called paying the price. That you are willing to do that others won't do to get what you want to have. That is called paying the price. And it takes time. It takes time. So what were we doing? Paying the price. So then all of a sudden it came to a point that we launched full-time. We did a full-time launch and we were at HCC. We were at HCC for about three months. Then in that three-month period, I started driving around Plant City looking for a building. I could not find it. Could not find a building. There's marshland a lot in Plant City. There's not a whole lot of Open storefront people don't want churches in their storefronts. I'm just going to, there's all kinds of things. And all of a sudden, I just felt led of the Lord. There was this one building on Alexander. Every time I pass it by, I just felt this prompt. I even drove in their parking lot. Then all of a sudden, there was a young couple that started coming, and then they found out that it was owned by the Baptist Association, the main Baptist Association, and they had their offices in there, but they also had a chapel area where they would do chapel services. So I thought, wow. So I stopped in, stopped one time, and then all of a sudden this person said to me, oh yeah, they're, they're getting ready to rent it. I said, you're kidding me. She said, no. So I went and showed up, and sure enough, we signed a lease. 
and we were there for three years. We knew for three years we needed good financials to be able to buy a building. So all of a sudden, three years came up, and we actually fixed the place up. I mean, it was nice. It was so much nicer than it was when we got there. As a matter of fact, the owners, the Baptists said, uh, could we come to your place and take new pictures because we're going to sell the building. It's so nice in there. And I said, yeah, sure. Why? Because we're going to leave something better than we found it, even if we don't own it. That's just character and integrity. Come on, hello, somebody. That's just God. That's the way he is. Right? So at the end of three years, they came to me and said, listen, we want to sell the building and we want to sell it to you. But this is what we'll do. We don't want any down payment or anything. We'll just turn the mortgage over to you. You just pay the mortgage. That's what they said. I said, thank you very much, but it's too small for us. The parking wasn't good. They had, people had to park in the pain center and all that kind of stuff, and we couldn't really grow there. I mean, it was really small. I mean, it was really small. I mean, maybe 30 people. You were there, right? 30 people could sit in it. So it was just really, really small. And they said, well, okay, we're just going to open it up and everything like that. I said, okay, great. And they said, but you can stay until the new owners. Well, all of a sudden, you know, we're looking around, can't find a place, can't find a place. Time is on the short. And all of a sudden, the Seventh-day Adventist people bought the building. So they would meet on Saturday, and we would meet on Sunday. But there was a clash that was taking place because they wanted control of the building. So all of a sudden, we had gotten around some wrong people. Ever gotten around wrong people? Wrong people that want to get close to you because you're anointed? Because they really want something from you. They're not really interested in giving something to you. They're interested in wanting what you have. So they hang around you. But they talk a real good talk. So they got it. So we got around some wrong people, and we saw this building. It was for sale, and we came, and it was nothing like it is today. Whoa! I mean, that parking lot was saturated with trees. It was all overgrown. This room right here, where office offices, like where this, where these uh, steel columns were. Right here, we had to put those in. There were uh, aluminum, galvanized aluminum, aluminum columns, four of them, and they were offices, and this was all office area. And that foyer had a barrier wall, glass barrier wall, and they had offices all through there. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of work went into this place. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into this place. We thought, no, nah, just they wanted five hundred and eighty thousand dollars for the building, and I was just like, oh man. And so we kind of like tried to talk him down. He wouldn't even come down. Come to find out, in commercial real estate is much different than residential real estate. Commercial real estate is the owner can ask what they want, and they don't have to budge off the price because it's commercial. Much different than residential. So they wouldn't come off the price whatsoever. I mean, the roof leaked really bad. I mean, it was just. It was not a pretty sight, but it's a commercial building and it's 10,000 square feet. So we left it and we thought, man, so we kept on looking and kept on looking. Well, then all of a sudden it came around for Life Christian University, the school, and we didn't have a place. So we, now we got to find a place because now we left the Seventh-day Adventist. We went back to HCC and we were there for about three or four weeks, six weeks, actually. Eight weeks, right? Like three months, four months? Okay. Yeah. 
So all of a sudden, we were like, oh, man. And then we found this one place, and we could probably do some small church services, and we could have our school. And we went to the owner, and we were willing to give them $5,000 up front. It was going to be, be $2,000 no, $2, a month, and we were going to give them first and last month's rent, and then an additional $5,000 on top of that to, to lease it for a year. All we had to do is like close off one little section to make a room. Well, they came back, and they said, no. We don't want you. So now we're really distraught. So I'm sitting on the couch and I'm thinking, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then up out of our spirits came, we need to go back to the building. Because we had lost our peace and joy for six to eight weeks. So we came to this. We had peace and joy about it. We just didn't think we could do it because of the natural. But we had peace and joy. And even out of my spirit, man, I remember saying, we're sitting on the couch. That's our building. I mean, and that was by the anointing. So we came back here. And God preserved us. Listen, that's the reason why I say that, that God would, you know, God doesn't punish us or it doesn't hurt us. No, and he always rewards any attempt of obedience. Amen. He will always reward any attempt of obedience. So it's not like we're out here doing it our own way. We're searching. We're going. And then we came back here and then God was able to work a miracle. And we raised over $150,000 and we put $150,000 down because you got to put 20%. But we had three years of financials. And let me tell you what we did our, with our financials. We went and met with six community banks. Every community bank said this. Every church that we've ever done these are the most complete financials ever. And this is what we did. Because, see, Jack Myers Ministries is separate from Life Family Church. And LCU is separate from Life Family Church. Oh, and Jack Myers Ministries Missions. It has its own accounts. Finances go in there as people give. And they designate where it goes. So we had five bank accounts, not only our own personal account, and we had three years of financials of where all the money went for three years. It was all documented in a P&L. We presented it to Pilot Bank. They said this. The head loan officer said this. I've been in this business for 40 years. You're the first who has ever, ever brought a complete financial package to us. We don't need anything from you. We have it all here. That's good. That's good. being a good steward. Hello. And then they said yes, and they loaned us the money. And then our mortgage is like, oh, 100, well, just 1,900 bucks a month or something like that. I mean, 2,900 dollars a month. And, and now we only owe like three, 370, I think, from 580. So we've paid off 200 thousand dollars, if not more. So that is faith, right there. Amen. That is putting your faith to action. That's you're searching it out. You're going in this direction. I heard Pastor Rodney say this. I'll end with this, I promise. I heard Pastor Rodney say this. He said, if I have to push it and I have to shove it and I have to kick the door in, I have to try to make it happen, it's not God. So we have adopted that. If I got to struggle and I got to push and I got to shove, then it's not God. He said, my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Amen. Come on. Hello, somebody. So that's how you know. That's how you operate in faith. That's how you know you're in faith over a situation. You got to move forward. It's pleasing to God. Can you say amen? amen? Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Did you get something out of today? Amen. Yeah. I hope, it, hope hopefully some of the things that you're believing the Lord will come to pass quickly. Amen. amen. Some of the things that you're believing God for 
will come to pass. Come on, lift your hands to heaven. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your spirit today. Father, we just bless you. We honor you. We give you praise, and we give you glory. Thank you for joining us this week. Don't forget to check out our website at lifefamilychurch.net.